The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I have Erica Primozich with me, and she is one of the co-owners of Birthing From Within, and I am so excited, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the invitation. Really exciting. I've got lots of questions, and I'm really excited to explore what Birthing From Within is and what it's not. It's, It's a birth course. It's a childbirth education course, right? just for the listeners. And um, so first of all, how did you get interested in birth work? I mean, it's a slippery slope for all of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Well, um, when I was pregnant with my first child, who is now 21, so this is this is going way back, um, I just got really interested in birth and empowerment. And, you know, I was kind of looking for a deeper experience around the pregnancy and the birth itself and um, birthing from within the book written by Pam England had just come out it was actually like kind of hot off the presses at that time and a friend gave it to me at my mother blessing and um, it was the first book that I read where I was like oh somebody else has this experience of this being you know profound and transformative and spiritual in a way and um, Also, what I loved about it when I was pregnant is that the book isn't about here's how to have this type of birth. It's like, here's how to experience whatever birth you end up having. Um, And that really felt like a relief to me because so much was leading me down the path of of wanting a natural birth and which was, is great, but it felt a little like there was sort of an attachment issue that was like, I was struggling with as a pregnant person. So anyways, I fell in love with the book and when I was pregnant and then, um, you know, had an amazing birth. It was super challenging and brought me to my knees like most births do. And, um, I actually came out of that experience feeling very charged about like, oh, I figured it out. I know how to have the like the perfect birth, even though it was hard and long and all that. And I kind of got a little dogmatic about um, I want to tell other people how to have this perfect birth. Um, And then I started um, looking at trainings to become a doula. And so I did a a regular doula training, not related to birthing from within. And then a month later, I did a birthing from within training with Pam England. And it really dumped me upside down as far as my attachment to what I thought in that moment was the perfect birth. Because really what birthing from within is about is helping people to um, uncover what they need to know, what is true for them, what they already know, and also recognizing that we actually don't have control over how the birth goes. I mean, we can lay a great foundation, which is super important, but 
we also need to be able to be flexible and go with the flow and make a good decision in the moment in which the decision needs to be made and all these things around flexibility and fluidity and not actually being attached to a specific outcome. So anyways, that training just um, like cracked me open and because Birthing From Within is so deep and rich, I just um, like... Like I said, I just cracked open. My heart was like wide open and I was just like, oh, this is a whole new path for me. And so that was um, more 20 years ago. And then um, Birthing From Within has morphed over all those years. And off, I've taken a ton of trainings early on with Pam and um, just got deeper and deeper into the philosophy. And um, it just continued to lead me on this way. And so then I've been working with parents locally as a childbirth educator and for a while as a doula uh, here in Boulder, Colorado. But, um, but yes, now about three years ago, um, two colleagues and I, Carrie Kenner and Nikki Shahid, were asked by Pam England to step in and take over the leadership of Birthing From Within. And so we're now doing the trainings for other birth professionals. And so anyways, that was a long answer to your that, question. Well, no, that was very complete. I mean, you you never knew that 20 years ago when you took a birthing class, you would eventually be running this international organization <laughs> and oh, helping millions oh of women. <laughs> Did I not know that? That's for sure. That, would you have run the other way? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> no, no, it's been, it's been an incredible journey. And, um, you know, one of the things that I appreciate so much about birthing from within and always have is that there's so much around self-awareness and growth as a human and as a person and as a, you know, in relationship and all this. And so it's, it's constantly been this like evolution for me um, on a really deep level. So I appreciate that in addition to the amazing parents I've worked with all these years and all these inspired birth professionals who come to birthing from within looking for something new and different. Yeah. So speaking of new and different, so I, I, um, I believe that there's a birth class for everyone, that there's a provider for everyone and that birth trauma a lot of times is most of the time in my feeling is a provider client mismatch or an information client mismatch. And so I'm just adamant that people take the birth class that that would best fit their personality, their their needs, their expectations. And while you said, I loved how you talked about attachment, attachment, attachment to what you feel like the birth should be and how you can't control birth. But at the same time, like a lot of us see that control as a way to abate fear. And yeah. so, <laughs> and, ah, there's just so much going on. So what, what does birthing from within, what does it teach? How, what is the philosophy? How does it go about um, helping um, relieve that attachment, helping embrace the, possibilities and the twists and turns of birth. Um, How's it different from other modalities, classes? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I would add to the piece around that you said around trauma. Um, I would add what I also believe happens for people with who end up feeling traumatized by their birth experience is not just a mismatch maybe, but um, a that they went into it being attached and having been fed the messaging from where, wherever our culture is very good at this messaging, which is if you learn enough, if you get enough information, 
if you um, make all the right decisions, then you will get what you want and it will go the way you want it to go. Yeah. And isn't so, that the way it is? I mean, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? I always joke about like, if we could like, you know, go like treat birth, like at the deli where you say like extra mayo, hold the sprouts, no onions, and then get the sandwich that you want. You know, it, it breaks my heart when I see women uh, just crushed by their birth experience because they felt like, they got cheated because they didn't get what they wanted. And it's right. So, so what is tempting for a lot of birth professionals and, and, and in a lot of birth classes, I think is to just kind of dump information because what parents, they don't know what they don't know and they don't know what they really need to know, which is often actually more about themselves, which I'll get to in a, in a minute. But I think what most parents enter into a birth class or into a relationship with a doula in kind of a state of like, please, you know, give me the information, fill me up and show me how to do this. Tell me how to do it right. I want to avoid this and I want to avoid that and I want to get this and I want to get that, you know? And so then it's very tempting as a birth professional to fill that need to just step right in and be like, Oh, here's the information. Here's what you need to know. Here's this, here's that. And then we send these parents off into birth attached to it being the way they think it's going to go. And they think they're well-informed. Like, of course it should just unfold the way I want because I'm so informed. And yet what happens in birth, as those of us who have been around it for a long time, we know it's actually not the information that you have that helps you get through it. It's your like resilience inside. It's your connection to your partner or your doula, your willingness to surrender and to let actually let go rather than hold on tight to what you were hoping would happen. Wow. Yes. Oh right? my goodness. I've never heard that so succinctly put. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because the information is good. It's good to know what all of the possibilities are and have, you know, so you could have informed consent and even know what your options are so you can make decisions on the fly. But right. it's not the information that saves you. Right. Wow. Right. Information is great when you're kind of setting the foundation, like you said, choosing care providers or birthplace, you know, it's great, but we have to take it further than that. And it takes some courage as a birth professional to be willing to open up the truth to parents and say, like, let's take it beyond the information. Like, what are you going to do when things get hard? What if something goes in a direction you were hoping it wouldn't? Go. And like, that, that's not that? just information that becomes like ingrained in you. And so then it becomes natural, right? Or how would you say that? I'm going to yeah, stop talking because yeah. well, you're I so good at it. What we want to wake up in people is some resilience and some flexibility and some um, ability to recognize that they might have to do something really hard that they're hoping they don't have to do. And what are they going to do in that moment? How will they step in? How will they recognize like this is part of our big our baby's birth story. And yeah, it's not what we wanted and it's happening. So instead of feeling like, I wish it wasn't, I want it to stop. I want to be in avoidance. It's kind of a leaning in and bringing some compassion for ourselves. Like this isn't because I did something right or wrong. This is just happening. And what's my most compassionate way and my most resilient way to keep moving, even in this really hard moment. Wow. So um, how, how specifically do you do that? How do you teach, teach parents these skills? Just like 
beat them up until they (laughs) surrender. Right. Yeah, no, I know. And it's really hard because um, sometimes we can be met with resistance from parents who are like, I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to talk about the things that could happen that I'm really hoping won't. And so obviously there's Mm -hmm. a lot that has to do with um, really meeting people on a heart level, building rapport and trust with people. You're not just going to go in there and say like, you know, you're not going to get the birth you want. Like, it's not about that because that's not necessarily true either. Um, It's more about like, hey, so here's some information. Start there, right? And then what else do you need to know? Like, how? what will you need to know if things get hard? What will you tap into? So we want to offer them some pain coping practices, for example, that make them feel really resourced. So if it turns out to be more intense, more painful than they thought, or the one thing they thought they were going to do to cope with the pain, if that doesn't work for some reason, like they have more options. Mm-hmm. So we would teach a bunch of pain coping practices. And then... We also have, you know, a handful of, or more actually, handfuls of processes and art, art assignments and things like that, that help people to get out of their thinking brain and start accessing kind of that more intuitive, that more ancient brain, the right side of the brain that's like the creative piece that we actually in our culture unless you're an artist um you know a lot even even artists get really thinking nowadays a lot of times they have to you know navigate the system but if we think we can navigate birth by by just being rational and linear and information-based we're going to be really shocked and surprised by what happens because of our the hormones that get involved right and everything washy and we can't even remember it's it's a it's an altered state so how can you use your tools for normal living in your altered (laughs) exactly so we want to really wake up people's um skills around um that that kind of other way of being which is more fluid, more intuitive, more creative, more flexible, more resilient, um, and less um, attached to a specific outcome and more open to possibilities. So uh, you mentioned this before, it was actually going to be my next question, that we artists stay in the right side of their brain most of the time. I've heard that birthing from within is kind of for artsy people. Like there's a there's a spectrum of birth education and you can go like hardcore hospital birth class or you can go all the way to, <clears throat> you know, dancing in the woods. Where, <laughs> do, where does birthing from within, is it just for artsy or like what type of people... That's a great question. Well, I think sometimes it's artsy people, either parents or professionals. So we kind of have the two components that I'm sort of speaking to. One is the Mm. preparation for parents. The other is training for birth professionals. And I think sometimes people who are already comfortable with creativity and already like kind of awakened to this um, artsier side um, might be initially drawn to birthing from within, but it's actually kind of a, a, myth in a way that it's only for artsy types or that it's only for crunchy people who, um, you know, who are drawn to it because the reality is, you know, everyone needs to, to have this approach in some ways to their birth. It doesn't mean you have to take a birthing from within class or be trained as a birthing from within professional. But if, like I said, if we go in feeling like this, all this information is going to serve me and it's all I need to know, then it's likely that we will be disappointed and perhaps even traumatized by the reality of what we actually yeah. have to 
do, which is peel back layers, be exposed, be vulnerable, be raw, maybe cry, maybe ask for help, all these things that, that you know, if we think we're just going to bandage this up with information, it's like the reality is pretty um, clear that it's actually a deeper experience for most people. Wow. I'm feeling like uh, I should have taken your classes before I became an adult, like this, that what you're teaching would just even for help in every way, shape and form, because there's, we do have this like brushing under the rug type of culture, like, oh, if it's painful or you hear, maybe it's the poison coming from the manifest culture. Like, oh, only think about what you want and don't think about what you don't want. Cause then your brain will make it happen for you. But you're saying that's not even, that's not even true. Right. I mean, it's not true. And, and I run into this with parents all the time who, you know, might say like, um, oh, I'm just not going to read the chapter on cesarean birth because I don't want to have a cesarean birth and I don't want to think about it. You know, right. I go down that road. And, and I totally appreciate that intention to protect ourselves and to, um, you know, to guide ourselves theoretically down a path towards what we want. But we also know that just not thinking about something or hoping to avoid it does not make it not happen. Right. Totally. And so if we've never looked at a cesarean birth, for example, in the book or talked about it and not only just talked about it or looked at it, but thought about like, well, how would I navigate that? How would I stay present to that experience? What would I tap into within myself in that really hard moment to get me through it so that I can still feel compassion and love for myself in that moment, not just disappointment or regret? Right. If we look at it that way, then if it, that's how this baby needs to be born, it's not like the rug just got pulled out from under us and that we are now like having no resources to handle it. So it's not like we don't believe that thinking about it is going to make it happen. But we also don't believe that not thinking about it is going to have it not happen. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like kind exactly. of a circular statement, but it's like both are the same. It's like we don't have that much power. It would be amazing if we had that much power. Wouldn't it be? That's so true. That's so true. So what we do have power is like, how do we, how do we handle these hard moments? You know, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, this is, this is a life altering change. This is a life altering experience. The things, the tools that you use to get you through this and to thrive through this will actually apply to the rest of your life too. I mean, parenting is <laughs> you think the birth is interesting <laughs> try, <laughs> try potty training <laughs> yeah exactly. four times uh, no but exactly. so you you mentioned that um that well well birth is a right a rite of passage a heroic journey how does birthing within so I want to hear it from yeah. your own <laughs> yeah exactly well that's kind of where I was gonna head in as far as like what makes this different is that um besides like the sort of shift from information based, only information based. The other thing I wanted to just loop back to around the artsy piece is that yes, we do some art. Yes, we do some right brain activities. And also, yes, it's very intellectual. It's very evidence-based. It's very information also. It's not like we want people to not, you know, to think that that's not important. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's holistic in that way. But yeah, the, I think one of the core things about birthing from within classes for parents and also for professionals is that we see birth as a rite of passage and we treat it as such, which means we know that individuals get transformed 
in birth, even if they weren't planning to, or even if that wasn't even on their radar. There is a shift that happens for people. Who they were before this birth, that person doesn't exist anymore on no. the side, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they are changed one way or the other. It's not, some people might not recognize it as strongly as others. You know, that's obviously there's a spectrum, but there is a shift that happens. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a cellular change. Like there's actually like, we actually change on a cellular level because of the hormones and all the things that are happening and the experience of like going to that threshold of, um, what, you know, physical intensity. (laughs) Yeah. The intensity, the, um, just the cracking open that happens for people. Mm. You know? And so in preparing people for a rite of passage, we kind of think about, you know, what happens when you get to that threshold? Um, how do you step over it and, and stay true to yourself and stay connected with yourself? Um, and I think a huge piece of it is for people to even know that this is true. You know, again, if we only send people with information, then they're kind of shocked by the cracking open. It's really painful. It hurts in a way, like it hurts on a different level than contraction pain hurts, but it's like, there's a, a real, uh, yeah. a real shift that's happening. And so if we're in resistance to that shifting or scared of it or unsure of even what's going on, then, um, it's painful. I, I, I've had one client, one mama it, at transition, right? You know, you're talking about stress, stepping over the threshold. She goes, she screams, she goes, this is transition and I don't want to do this and it's awful, but it means I get to meet my baby. So bring it on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's, that's what she's talking about. She met that threshold and she's like, oh, well this, but she knew what it meant. And so it right. kind of took the fear away and it was, was still intense, but she was so excited exactly. at recognizing what that meant. <laughs> Right. And in our culture actually doesn't do a great job of recognizing rites of passage. We just kind of whisk over all these monumental experiences in our lives. Um, Yeah. Why do we do that? Except weddings. I mean, we do kind of go overboard on weddings. weddings Yes. Weddings we, we, we do honor for sure. I mean, I feel like for people in your life, becoming a parent is probably the most transformational in most ways, like the who you were before shifts the most when you become a parent. Yes. Um, And when we're in a rite of passage, we don't know what the future holds. That's kind of one of the definitions of it is like, you're standing on this threshold of like truly an unknown, you know? And so stepping into parenting is just like, I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know what this birth experience is going to be like. I don't know what raising a child is going to be like. And so being in a place of the unknown and being, allowing ourselves to be slightly comfortable with the unknown it doesn't mean we have to be in full acceptance of like you know because that's really hard but at least allowing ourselves like a step towards that is huge yeah because when we get into the birth experience or parenting and we're dealing with like I don't know how to do this I've never done this before um, we want to be able to sort of tap into that inner inner resilience and inner resourcefulness and know that we are changing you know I mean, I often talk to parents about it's it's similar to a, a caterpillar, you know, who does all the eating. That's like the information gathering and all the preparation and then spinning the chrysalis and then hanging there for a little while, literally turning to goo. Yeah. Right. Like cellularly changing. 
and then emerging anew and also recognizing with that emergence is like a, a wet, you know, butterflies have like wet wings. They aren't just ready to like fly. They have to feel into the newness. Yeah. And, and to, so even just kind of speaking to that is, is really useful for parents for when they find themselves in that moment where they could almost identify that they're in the place of goo. Yeah. Right. It's like, exactly. they're kind of, they're really in between who they were and who they're becoming. So is that the title of this episode is embrace the goo? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People might think we're talking about the mucus plug or something. Like oh, that. no. Oh, dear. <laughs> Good point. Stay away from there. So um, yeah. you you have – the curriculum is um, taught by instructors that have been taught by the the modality, right? Pam Pam England, the founder, taught instructors, and you still continue to teach instructors. Right. Right, exactly. instructors? Exactly. So how – how does um so you teach the instructors, but do you also teach doulas and midwives? Do you also have courses for them to kind of embrace this modality? Right. Um, definitely, definitely. We um we love having all the range of birth professionals join our programs because we feel like um it's not just for childbirth educators. Um this this philosophy and helping people to kind of recognize all that is involved in the depth of it and um, is, you know, useful for massage therapists and yoga teachers and midwives. And so we have a, um, a workshop that's typically live, obviously in the past, but now we're moving it to virtual mm -hmm. and um, it's going to be virtually, it will be amazing because um, it's not going to be a, a webinar. It's like a um, really embodied workshop, but our workshop is really designed to give the birth professionals an opportunity to dive in and do all this work for themselves. Because what we find for birth professionals is either they're burnt out because they've been banging their head up against the wall by teaching people to do X and then the people do Y and they're yes. or whatever, where they just keep feeling like, why isn't this working out? I I'm teaching them everything. And then this keeps happening. They keep feeling disappointed or traumatized or, you know, whatever. And so there's burnout, you know, it's a phenomenon in birth professionals for sure. And, or we want to give people the opportunity to look at their own conditioning, really. Like, what do I believe about birth? Why do I believe that's true? Why is that, is it potentially influencing how I work with, par with parents um, and be able to kind of peel back again, peel back some layers. What else is true here? What else is possible? Well, it's so, so a lot of birth workers I see, they, they enter the field because they're so passionate. They see there's a wrong and they a lot of times have experienced birth trauma themselves and they want to prevent that from ever happening to anyone else. So Absolutely. they come in with this core wound that, and I don't want to sound terrible, but if you don't have your own stuff under control, you bring that oozy wound into the yeah. space of your clients. Yeah. And exactly. so what you're saying is that like your help, birth, birthing from within can help a professional release that stuff and, and reframe. Yeah. Do their work because you're so right. If, if we enter in, which most people do, like I said, I, that's sort of how it happened for me. Like I got, it wasn't necessarily because of wounding, but I got like very like attached, like this is how everyone should do it. Yeah. And that's actually kind of dangerous in a way as a birth professional, because then I'm like saying, this is how you need to do it. So then my clients are either trying for that. And then if they don't do it, they, they feel like they let me down. They feel like they let themselves down. 
Um, or they, you know, might do it my way and then they feel like, yay, we're aligned. And then they might go out and tell other people that's how you should do it. And then anyways, it sort of exacerbates this problem of like all of us thinking that there's a way that we should yeah. do and getting attached and then disappointed or attached and traumatized. And so, um, yeah, our crossing the threshold workshop is really about that. It's like, let's look at what's up for you around birth and what are you carrying with you? What's getting in your way? Um, what's burning you out, what's inspiring you and just like really kind of take some deep looks at that so that when you move forward with your clients or your parents you're working with, you're not looking through the lens of only what you've always known to be true. Yes. So that's a huge piece of our training. And, um, and then we have online, um, like a online certification program. That's a nine month program that's for childbirth educators and doulas specifically, but we do have a lot of people from different modalities who um, do it just so that they gain some new tools to work with their parents. And Yeah, because, <laughs> because this is just a tool. This is just one of the things that you yeah. just further education. Right. Well, it's a philosophy change and actually oftentimes a paradigm shift for people, which can feel very rejuvenating and like kind of mm. nourishing as a birth professional when you're like, oh, I just like, I have a new way of seeing things and it's like very uplifting and very exciting and so for a lot of birth professionals it, it gives them some um just sort of a freshness to what yeah. they're doing but also many many tools in which to bring to their the parents that they're working with so you can't completely shun the idea of an attachment because you still you still kind of have an idea of what an ideal birth would look like i i mean through the program an ideal birth would look like the mom and the the partner reach every milestone in the birth in a certain openness or I mean what right. so so you had the attachment oh the this should happen that, this way and and then this should happen that way and then this and then there shouldn't be you had that kind of attachment but now that's been washed away you're no longer hung up on and okay so I'm going to be specific like people saying, well, I'm going to have an epidural and then they have a home birth and it's traumatizing because they had this attachment to not feeling any pain or the other way I wanted a home birth. Now I got a transfer and now they're upset because they had an attachment. So those attachments you're getting rid of, but you are still replacing them with a philosophy of an attachment. So is the new attachment now I want to accept whatever comes in my attachment to unattachment. Um, right, right. That's what I'm trying to poke at you. I'm like, no, no, because you ha- you are replacing something. Totally. Well, we like to kind of think about it on a on a fulcrum almost, where you've got like avoidance and attachment, and it's kind of like going. It's like a teeter totter. You know, you're kind of going up or down, and and in the middle is acceptance. Avo- oh, say it again. Avoidance, avoidance is on one side, and attachment, attachment. is on another. Right. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so in the in the middle is acceptance. Now, it doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a moment where we feel really disappointed. I'm not suggesting that people are like I don't care or whatever, I don't care. Of course we care. Of course we you know, we have things that we want to have happen or things that we want to avoid. That's like 100% human and natural. So I'm not suggesting that we just like absolutely let go and just like whatever happens happens, I don't care. That's, that would be unrealistic. But if we can get to a place where we can say, oh, this is happening, right? This, whatever it is, this is happening. So I kind of have the option of, of being like, you know, 
wishing it wasn't or getting attached to that it is, or I have the opportunity to say like, and what's the next little step I need to do to, in order to handle it? What's the little thing I need to do in order to stay present right now in the midst of whatever it is that's happening? So yes, it's and still, there is, you know, of course, ultimately like some type of attachment. And, and I'm sort of joking when I say attachment to unattachment, but yeah, we want to have people feel fluid and feel flexible and feel um, self-compassion for whatever it is that they have to do. Because this is another piece. We sometimes we talk about the heroic journey. And if you think about the heroic journey, the hero is stepping into this ordeal right? Like if you think about, for example, Moana, she's a great example of the heroic journey. She's been conditioned by her people, her family to believe and understand what gains you love and acceptance. That's what all humans are looking for. And that's how she's been conditioned. We all are conditioned in our families and our culture by, if I do this, it I feel accepted. If I do that, I feel ostracized or whatever. So we're always as children, especially looking for What's the path that leads me to love and acceptance, right? So we put those in our backpack, all those like ideas, like here's how I am loved and accepted. And then we get ready for our journey. And then we are tossed and turned on the ordeal because it's really hard. So you think about Moana, she's like, you know, fighting with all the things in the ocean, right? And she has to keep stripping away the things that she believed in. All of a sudden, like it's not really serving her anymore to hold that belief. Or maybe she has to do something that she always said she would never do. Like this is what happens in birth and in a heroic journey and in like what we would call the ordeal. So if parents are kind of prepared for the fact that they might have to do something that they they were really hoping they wouldn't like, you know, sometimes people have a thing of like, I don't want to make a lot of noise. I don't want to get a lot, be, you know, drawing a lot of attention to myself. I, and probably because their old storyline was like, I do better when I f go under the radar. Like that's in my conditioning, like what I've learned. Right. Right. But maybe in their birth, they have to scream and they have to moan and they have to howl and they have to, you know, plead for, you know, support and help. And that's really contrasting to everything they've ever had to do in their life. And so what we want them to know is like they are still worthy. They are still lovable. They are still accepted, even if they have to peel back those layers and be super raw and exposed and maybe do the thing they hope they'd never have to do. <laughs> maybe do the thing. Like right. poop on the bed or something. Like poop on the bed. <laughs> uh, so, so this is pretty incredible for partners then too to be there with with their partner and go through this, so that if she's been conditioned that she must be quiet and dainty while she gives birth, but then she ends up screaming and howling, that partner is right there with her, with her, and they're yeah. accepting her and loving her, and she knows that that she's being loved and accepted, even though she didn't expect to scream. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So it's super important for the partners to have these conversations as well so that they also aren't shocked when their the birthing parent is, you know, doing like something they've never seen them do or they kind of knew was something that they hope to avoid and then they can stay present um, and stay um, connected. Yeah. In that time of, of such 
exposure and vulnerability. And and then they don't feel fear too, because one of the things right. I notice, again, as a fly on the wall, as a birth filmmaker, I see so many partners just standing wide-eyed in the corner, just not knowing how to even broach this. They went to the birth classes, they went to the prenatal appointments, everything. But then when it when it comes to that threshold, I love that you call it that. Yeah. They feel ill prepared as well. And and they don't even know how. And and their feelings almost take us their feelings do take a back seat to the birthing person because yeah. <laughs> they the birthing person needs all the attention. And here's right. the partner back here going, What do I do? How do right. I feel about watching my love go through this? And how do I feel? Yeah, exactly. I often use a metaphor for partners of of being the banks of the river. Um, oh, they they are the banks, and that the the one who's giving birth gets to be the river. And there might be moments where they are just like in the royals, you know, like where it's like rocky and tumbling and white water and you know all that and the bank of the river is still there which allows the birthing person to kind of bump up against them and be like oh, oh my gosh okay. that's my favorite thing ever oh my gosh <laughs> that totally but if the person doesn't know how to be a bank if they don't have the tools to be a bank then the river ends up just and it's right and it's really of- hard to do the hard things if you don't feel the the kind of container for which in which to do it you know, so for the one who's giving birth to feel like I can be as wild as I need to be. And there also might be moments where I'm super placid and I'm just finding my way and there's not a lot of confusion, but there might be times where it's like the full on waterfall. (laughs) And yet if I can lean up or bump up against that bank and recognize like, okay, I'm not alone and I'm being held and I, and I am being seen and I'm allowed to do what I need to do, even if it's, even if it's, you know, outside my comfort zone or outside the parameters of what I ever hoped I would have to do. I, I have this sort of um, container for it. And I think birth professionals can offer that as well. And so if we're all sort of holding this vision of like, it's likely that the person who's giving birth is going to have to, um, you know, do some stuff that's hard and scary for them or, or vulnerable for them. And if, if we are holding that as like, yep, yep, that's all part of it. And you are becoming new. Wow. Because you're becoming new, there's some transitions you're going to have to do and there's some things you're going to have to step over and you're and and we are here and we love you and we you are so worthy. Right? Then the person can feel safe doing those really hard things. And so what does that do then to the relationship both during the birth and then as they start their journey of parenthood? You mean with um, parents? Yeah, yeah. When they when they get to do this, so you're saying don't get attached, but now I'm getting attached to the idea <laughs> of this riverbank thing, where this the the couple can be so connected and push off each other because that's that's actually got to be really awesome for the partner to feel the bit to be a bank and to push back on the force of that, not in a controlling way, right. but in a safety way. Right, and it, it allows them to really show up. You know, I think a lot of parents or a lot of partners have the question for themselves of like, will I be able to stay present? Will I know what to do? You know, and I think it can be they're going through their own rite of passage. And a lot of times for partners, what it is for them is like, keep showing up, keep being here in this really intense moment. Keep, you know, bringing your love to this moment and over and over and over again. And so if they're kind of ready for that, too. I think it uh, it does bring a connection to 
to a couple or to a family where they feel like, look what we just did together. You wow. know, not only yeah. are they each individually transforming, their their relationship is transforming, especially if this is the first baby, right? And so they are um, connecting and discovering all this like resilience and this this like, you know, these capabilities that they have together. So, and then starting out those sleepless nights. <laughs> yeah. <and> then- <laughs> well, isn't parenting just such an experience of constantly having to let go in some ways? I mean, yes, we still yep. <laughs> have, we have foundations, we get information, we make really good decisions. And then also our child starts becoming who they are. They bump up against our, you know, our things where we're saying, this is how it's going to go. And then we're like, well, actually, maybe not. Maybe, you know, I think a lot of times with parents, parenting, we have that, you know, I'm going to raise my kid this way, or I'm going to have this sleep pattern, or I'm going to feed my yeah. baby. You've heard I the mean, quote, I was a perfect parent until I had children, right? Exactly. <laughs> Like I know all about teenagers until you have one, right? Right, exactly. And then if you have multiple children, then you really get twisted because you you think you kind of got it with that first one or whatever. And then it's completely different. So I think it's wonderful preparation for life and parenting to be looking at all of these um, truths around around, um, moving through these rites of passage and these ordeals. And- it's it's almost like parenthood, then we get to be the um, the bank, the riverbank for our children. Exactly. That's they so get awesome. to be the yeah. water. Exactly. And then that's our turn. Mm-hmm. Wow. So cool. Yeah. Um, so how do people find out more about you? How do they be part of the movement that you're creating? Yeah. Thanks for asking that. We're, um, we are always so excited to, to have people discover birthing from within either for the first time or a lot of times because it's been around for a long time, people might've had a thing of like, I've always wanted to check that out or um, it's been on their radar. So we definitely invite both new and seasoned birth professionals to our trainings. Um, but our website is um, www.birthingfromwithin.com. And we have all kinds of options. We have some continuing ed courses, which are really rich, um, as well as, like I mentioned, the Crossing the Threshold retreat, which is virtual for the rest of 2020, and um, is the opportunity to do a lot of introspection and personal work so that birth professionals are really stepping into their work with parents um, from an open-hearted place that isn't clouded by burnout and their own traumas and their own conditioning. And then we have the um, online, the certification course is called Birth as a Heroic Journey. And it's a nine month course for childbirth educators and doulas. And um, it goes super deep with um, pain coping, um, heart opening processes and um, birth art. And we have a a big component around birth justice and personal work through. And so anyways, it's very rich and deep and um, we're really proud of it. It's an incredible program. And, and I, um, yeah, I just invite anyone who's inspired or interested to check it out and see if um, we might be a good, a good fit or a good next step for you and your like growth and expansion as both a human and as a birth professional. Um, There's always room for, that's sort of part of our belief system is like, there's always room for more growth and more perspective changing. 
we like to kind of think about it like the kaleidoscope, you know, like if you look through a kaleidoscope long enough without shifting it, we get very like accustomed to what it looks like. But if you just make one little notch with that mm -hmm. kaleidoscope, it's all new and different. And it's, an, and you have a new way of seeing things. So that's, that's sort of our invitation is like, maybe just shift your kaleidoscope one notch and see what else is possible. Oh my goodness. So yummy. I could talk to you literally all day. <laughs> wow. Thank yeah. you so, so much. Thank I'm, you. Man, this has been fascinating. So I would love to, listeners, I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. Email me at media at birthcircle.com. Um, please do reach out to Birthing From Within if you feel that this is, again, part of your journey. Yes. Thank you. Thank you again, Erica. Oh, thanks for having me. That was really fun. It was a great conversation. Thanks, Sarah. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.